0: G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast back here on a Thursday evening after the round 16 teams were announced. Plenty of AFL fantasy coaches were sweating over the fitness of some big name stars and there was good and bad news. Glass half full approach at the large fries and coke, I think my team's looking okay after team selection, but some weren't so lucky. There was plenty to unpack, though. I'll answer a few questions at the end, so without further ado, let me dive into today's episode. Starting on Friday night, the Hawks and Pies will clash at the G. Collingwood has made three changes to their side. We've known for a few days now that Isaac Quainor is going to make his professional debut. Surprisingly, Collingwood's first debutant this season. He's a 246k defender, so costs a little bit of coin. And I'll unpack if you should grab him or not in the hot topics a bit later on. But he comes into the side with Jamie Elliott and James H Travarko was omitted from that team. With Ben Reed and Levi Greenwood listed as out with injuries. On Hawthorne's side of things, Jonathan Segler and Dylan Moore were the two outs for them, with Mitch Lewis and Ben Stratton coming back in. So, good news for those people that took the punt on Oliver Hanrahan last week. Scored a sub 40, but he's been named in the forward pocket again. I wouldn't be surprised if he dished up something pretty similar this weekend, but at least he's still playing. Sydney and Essendon kick off the Saturday festivities. The Swans have made one sole change to their side, with Callum Sinclair out with a dislocated shoulder, and Harry Cunningham coming in to the side. So no real recognised Ruckman coming in for the Swans there. Sinclair could be out. Maybe for the rest of the season, at least for the next three or four weeks. So don't rule out the chance of Darcy Cameron when he's healthy coming back into the side. Or maybe even Michael Knoll from Sydney, the mid-season rookie pick. He could come into the side maybe in the next couple of weeks. Could happen. Sam Reid has been named as their starting ruckman for now. So watch that one intently if you are a in, interested in bringing in Cameron or From Essendon's perspective, they made three changes to their side. Kyle Langford and Josh Begley were omitted with Tommy Bell Chambers out. Another recognised ruckman going down with an injury of his own. So, of course, Essendon brought Zach Clark back in. 280k ruck forward who could come in for a couple of people this week if they want a bit of a heartbeat option. And Jake Stringer and Matt Guelphie were the two ins there as well. So Clark going up against Sam Reid, and like I said, not exactly a recognised Ruckman, could make him a handy trade-in target this week. So that game might be interesting to watch. One that's probably not going to be too interesting to watch is the Gold Coast Suns against Richmond. Probably shouldn't talk the Suns down like that. They have been a bit feisty this year and thrown a couple of upsets around the way. They made two changes to their side to clash with the Tigers, with Corey Ellis and Will Brody omitted. Ellis might be floating around in a few teams. I think, from memory, he has a pretty low ownership, though, so that won't sting a lot of people. But good news, Corbett comes back in after bagging six in the NEFL. There are some coaches still rocking with him in their forward lines, so hopefully he can uh, continue his rich vein of form and put some points up in the senior side. Josh Caddy was the only out for Richmond and they've named a potential debutant this week with Derek Egmelis Smith I think I pronounced that right I'm just going to call him Egg because I'm sure if I uh, try and say that again I won't it won't roll off the tongue like that so Egg is a 170k defender has been putting up fine numbers in the VFL that I'll talk about in a bit so he could be someone that you chase if you want to pocket a bit of coin there were some big changes for both sides ahead of the showdown this weekend in Adelaide. The Crows and Port clashing in pretty important contest in the top eight mix as well there. So Adelaide made three changes with Ben Davis, Bryce Gibbs and Big Easy Elliot Himmelberg all omitted. Gibbs, been unlucky again. Surely he's playing in different colours next season. The three ins, they've got Wayne Miller, Josh Jenkins and David Mackay coming back. Port Adelaide made a slew of changes as well. Willem Drew, Kane Farrell, Joel Garner, and Peter Laddams were all omitted. Some of those blokes might be rocking around on a couple of coaches' benches, so that does sting a little bit. Garner in defence, and you might have jumped on the Laddams train from a Ruck standpoint, so that hurts a little bit. Carl Amon and Dougal Howard return from their suspensions, and Justin Westoff and Tom Rockley for the two other ins. Two players in hot Sandful form. Rocky comes back after 57 touches in the sandfall last week and 203 fantasy points, which is just stupid when you say it out loud. So he'll be looking to continue that form, and Westoff had some pretty good numbers of his own. So some massive ins for Port Adelaide this weekend. Sticking with the rivalry theme, we will see Derby number 50 played on Saturday night with West Coast and Fremantle locking horns. For the Eagles, not really fantasy relevant, but two massive inclusions for their side. Tommy Barass and Jeremy McGovern both come back in, so their defence is almost back at full strength. Mark Hutchings and Will Schofield are the two outs with Hutchings injuring his hammy, I think, from memory. Fremantle made a couple of changes to their outfit as well. Sean Darcy has been managed, and Brennan Cox has an injury so those two are out of their side along with Bailey Banfield and Unfortunately, Brett Bewley as well, who's been omitted. Bewley was sitting around on a lot of coaches' benches and we were hoping he could continue to string some games together, but it doesn't come in as huge shock. He hasn't really been playing too fantastic. The ins for Fremantle, Trav Collier, Mitch Crowden, Rory Lobb and Big Aaron Sanderlands are back in Freo's outfit, so Sandy comes in for his first game of the year. Rory Lobb is getting a little bit of weird buzz as a potential fantasy option, but Probably not a route that I would go down. The Bulldogs and the Cats are up next. Geelong's made no changes to their outfit. And the Western Bulldogs have made just one change with Caleb Daniel out. If you don't know, he has a multi-week hamstring injury. So he'll be out of the Bulldog side. And Toby McLean is their sole inclusion. Turning my attention to the Sunday festivities and Carlton and Melbourne is the first game on the slate. Carlton first. Charlie Curnow is their soul out at the moment. I think Alex Fasolo is going to be the bloke that gets the gig for Curnow. He's been named in Carlton's squad along with Hugh Goddard, Andrew Phillips, Matthew Cottrell and Darcy Lang. So a couple of potential 170k debutants there in the form of Cottrell and Goddard. Cottrell was picked up like Michael Gibbons before the season in the I can't remember the acronym for it SSP SPP something like that they picked him up before the season starts so he could come in after putting together some good VFL games Hugh Goddard has been in pretty good form in the VFL I don't think either of them will get up but Hopefully, when we see the squads trimmed on Friday Arvo, one of them is in that side. We could also see a debutante for the D's as well. Kyle Dunkley has been named into the squad with the Wagner brothers, Josh and Corey, along with Oscar McDonald, Braden Proust, and Jordan Lewis. The outs for the D's, Tim Smith is out injured, and Oscar Baker has been omitted, which a lot of people will uh, unfortunately not want to hear. He was rocking at M8 a number of coaches in that final starting midfield spot, including the large Fries and Coke, so that's not great news. He had been playing alright so it's not a shock, but it is a bit disappointing to see Baker as an out. Again, we might see Dunkley come in, so there could almost be a straight swap there that pockets you around 200 grand. Next up, we have North Melbourne and St Kilda. No outs as of yet for the Saints. Jack Nunes, Dave Armitage, Nathan Brown and Sam Rowe are the four inclusions into the squad. Similar news with North Melbourne. Kyron Hayden went down with an Achilles injury in his debut, which does suck to hear, but he's the only listed out at the moment. The ins for North, Paul Ahern, Curtis Taylor, Jamie McMillan, Tom Campbell and Lachlan Hosey, who was a mid-season rookie pick, so... Hosey has been putting together some fine numbers in the VFL and could be a straight swap for Hayden. I would be surprised if Paul O'Hearn didn't get the gig, though. He's put up some unreal digits in the VFL and probably deserves the call-up. And the final game of the round, will see the GWS Giants clash with the Brisbane Lions. The Lions have named Oscar McInerney as an out think from memory suffered a pretty nasty concussion, so he might miss multiple games. Archie Smith is in the squad, so that seems like the logical swap there. But Alex Witherden, Marcus Adams, Nick Robertson and Josh Walker are also included. So there might be a few changes still to come on Friday Arvo. For the Giants, Shane Mumford has been listed out with an injury. So a couple of ruckmen have come in to GWS's squad first one is Dawson Simpson who's probably the likely candidate to take his place but don't rule out Matthew Flynn getting a gig, the 170k basement rookie could be a good pick, Lockie Whitfield Ian Hill and Jake Stein are the other inclusions for the Giants it seems like Whitfield's going to play and I'm going to unpack how you should treat them and the other pressing issues in trade topics but Mumford out means that some recognized ruckman's going to come in and it might be Flynn. Could see Ian Hill make his debut as well. He was a first round pick for the Giants this year. So a lot of potential debutants. It does kind of suck that they're all in the Sunday sides and we won't know for another 24 or less than 24 hours. And I don't think a lot of them will get named, but hopefully we'll see their names on the team sheets before full lockout. Time to unpack some hot topics. Now, the biggest talking point in the fantasy world right now is what to do with Maxi Gorn. I kind of skimmed over it when I announced the D side, but Braden Proust has been included into the squad that will be trimmed on Friday. According to Simon Goodwin, they're going to give Max Gorn every chance to get up from his ankle injury that he suffered last weekend. All signs point to him not playing, though, and if I was a betting man, I would be very, very surprised if Gone was playing, and I'd bet that he misses in round 16. So the question now, uh, the question you need to ask now is, do we trade him out? If you do trade out Max Gorn, you need to accept the fact that you might not be able to bring him back in this year. He is very, very expensive at 807 grand. So his price will probably dip a bit when he does come back, has a pretty big break even. So we will see him trend downwards a little bit. Proust obviously is the bloke that'll come straight into the side for him and Goodwin has said that they'll give him every chance, probably tested on Saturday. So, unfortunately, that's after lockout. So, again, we won't know Big Max's situation before the final teams are announced. Just looking it up, he has a break-even of 162. So, while that's well within reach for Max Gorn, I don't think he'll reach that should he play this weekend or if he plays in Round 17. So, I think it's wise to trade him out. And there are a couple of blokes you might want to target. Rowan Marshall is probably my favourite target from St Kilda. With Ruck and forward status, you could get a bit fancy and keep him in your side for the rest of the year. Potentially, you're rocking with a James Warple in your forward line. So, if Maxi Gorn does come back, drops a little bit in price, you might be able to swing Marshall into your forward line by trading out Warple and use that as a way to bring Gorn back in. Some people have asked me if it's crazy to consider Scott Lysette, and given his recent form, I don't think it's unjustified. He had 140 and 130 in his last two games, but it is also worth mentioning that they were the two opponents that are easiest to score against for Ruckman. So he does clash against Adelaide this week, which should be a bit tougher, but they didn't see Paddy Ryder come into Port Adelaide's outfit. Westhoff might pinch hit a bit in the ruck and eat into some of his points, but with Scooter Lysette averaging 80 for the year, it's not... Unreal to consider him as a trade candidate. If you want to seriously roll the dice, though, you might want to consider Zach Clark. With Tom Bell Chambers out for the next six weeks, there's a chance that he's ruled out for the rest of the season, depending on how Essendon's next couple of games go, which means Clark might get some heavy midfield-slash-ruck minutes to end 2019, so nothing wrong with considering him as a trade-in target. It would be extremely ballsy to field him going into Round 16, but... Yeah, with high risk comes high reward. Another injury one I want to touch on very quickly. I've talked about Caleb Daniel as an out. With three to four weeks potentially on the sidelines, you have to trade him out. The candidates up forward and down back that I do like include Dustin Martin, maybe Jack Zebel in your forward line as well. Down back, I like the looks of Jack Crisp and Tommy Stewart. I'd side with Tommy Stewart a little bit over Crisp. Crisp maybe has a higher ceiling, but... Tommy Stewart probably has the higher floor out of the duo, and Geelong's run home does look pretty delicious, so I backed Stewart in to be a little bit better than Crisp. Up forward, I think you've got to go Dusty over zeebel but again, both of them are good picks. Sticking with injuries a little bit, Lockie Whitfield comes back into the side after about a month on the sidelines, and I think personally, it's wise to wait a week on Whitfield. Usually, that's how I like to approach a lot of players returning from layoffs and also with rookies after not knowing exactly what to expect from them. But we saw Whitfield drop a ridiculous 190 when he came back from a layoff before. So there are some people out there screaming to bring him into their side. However, it is worth mentioning that 190 came against Carlton and it did come after he only missed two games. So I know that he hurt himself against Sydney and barely played, but There is a big difference between missing two weeks of footy and then playing Carlton upon your return as opposed to missing a month of footy with a still suspect collarbone. Maybe he'll be a little bit tentative going for the footy and going up against the Lions. So I think it's wise to wait a week on Whitfield. However, Tom Rockliffe, I think he's a good trade-in target this week. Has played in the sample last week, dropped 57 touches, so he's in pretty solid form. It's not like he doesn't have any run under his belt, so I think it's alright to consider Rocky as a trade-in target, but Whitfield I'd advise waiting on. Sticking with the injuries, just very quickly before I go into rookie talk, I didn't even touch on Patrick Cripps, was not named in Carlton's outfit, and... He's a prime example of why when a player is listed as out, in quotation marks, for one week, you have to seriously consider trading them. A foot sprain does sound like a very ugly injury if you ask me, so I'm not shocked to not see Patrick Cripps included this week. So that might help you sway a little bit if you're thinking about trading Maxi Gorn. His ankle roll does sound a little bit less serious, if I could put word it that way, but... It's not crazy to see Max Gone potentially missing multiple games, so that's probably only strengthening my uh, cause into trading him out. Alright, rookie unpacking very quickly. Isaac Quaynor and good old Egg Molson-Smith, can't even remember his name, the Richmond bloke, are the two defender targets that you might want to consider for downgrade targets this week. Have very similar numbers in the VFL. Quaynor's averaging 66 from his 10 games, and Egg's gone 65 from his 11 for the Tigers. A VFL side. I'd probably side with him based on the extra money you can save as well. There's 76, from the top of my head, K difference between the two. So I'd side with Egg, even if he is a one-hit wonder, and pocket that extra coin. Again, I don't love either of them, but if you're desperate and you want to move, I think Egg's the one to go. The two giants that could potentially play this week, Ian Hill, he's 224K mid-forward, so not a terrible target by any means. He scored 64 from his 9 VFL game or NEFL games rather this year so could be an all right player has kicked 12 goals so I think it's wise to wait a week on him and just see how he pans out and the other one of course is Matthew Flynn he scored 78 or averages 78 from his 11 NEFL games this year so if he does come into GWS's side I think it's a good idea to trade him in probably won't keep his spot in the side for very long don't know how serious Shane Mumford's injury is, so if he only misses a week, that'll likely be Flynn's done and dusted, but could get a couple of hitouts against the Brisbane. I don't think he'll dominate Steph Martin by any means, and go ahead expecting a 40 and maybe get to a 60, hopefully, but Dawson Simpson named in that side makes me think he'll be the ruckman that comes in for Mumford, but if Flynn is in, I think it's wise to bring him in. Very quickly, a couple of questions that people posed to me on Twitter. First up is Craig who asked, Do I upgrade Dersmer to Crisp or move a Baker slash Bewley type to Nick Hind for some bench cover? I think it's wise there to maximise points on your field. Dersma has been scoring pretty well recently. Had a bit of a dud last week, but Crisp is definitely an upgrade there. So I think it's wise to do that move and use the money that you've got saved. Baker and Bewley could come back in at some point this season, so it's not a terrible idea to hold on to them until another decent downgrade target emerges. You're not saving a hell of a lot of money by going to Nick Hind either, so I think it's wise to upgrade Dersma in that scenario. Jacob Miller says... He has a situation. He's bringing in Clark for Darcy Fort at this rate and wants to know if he should field Clark or give him the emergency if Max plays. If both are playing, there's a chance that Clark could outscore Gorn if Gorn spends a stint of time up forward. I think if you're going to hold Max Gorn and you've got Clark as an emergency, you have to leave Max Gorn on your field. There's no downside to having Max Gorn on your field. Either he plays and, let's be honest, probably outscores Clark or... He doesn't play, and then you get Clark's emergency score as a backup. Anthony Detata asks, what to do with Gorn? He won't play, in my opinion. Do we trade him and then chase a pod? For those that don't know, pod stands for a player of difference, or a unique type of player. I need to come up with my own term, my own phrase to describe those uh, unique players. Unicorns has been throwned around but I'm not a huge fan of that. So nothing wrong with trading out Gorn as I've mentioned multiple times already. If you want to look for a player that's not rocking around in plenty of sides you could go really stupid and consider someone like Nick Natanui, 1.4% of teams he's sitting in at the moment. There isn't really a hell of a lot else out there. I know a lot of teams will be rocking with the dominant combo of Gorn and Grundy, but Riley O'Brien is only in 14% of teams. Rowan Marshall, who I've pumped up, is in 10% of teams. Zach Clark is nearly in 10% of teams. Jared Witz might be actually your option. He's in 7% of teams. So there are a few blokes out there, and like I've said multiple times already, I think it is wise to trade Gorn out. Radio, just quickly brushing up on my moves this week. I'm considering doing something really stupid this round. I'm looking at going Maxi Gorn to Zach Clark, which would pocket me over $500,000 and using that money to turn Willem Drew as my last midfield spot into Josh Kelly. That leaves me with 120k in the bank, so I do have a little bit of flexibility there, and with Clark's ruck forward status, that might help me ping-pong around a bit. If I do trade Gorn out, though, it probably will be to Rowan Marshall, which might then give me enough money to go Willem Drew to Dan Hannabury loading up on a couple of St Kilda players. If Matthew Flynn plays, though, I might just pocket his emergency score and hold Maxi gone, which means I'll do maybe a double downgrade. Might try and look at moving Garner on and getting this egg bloke from Richmond and probably moving Drew on to Hanabry. So a couple of things to consider there and team selection on Friday when the squads are confirmed will dictate which way I steer. And that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry pod. We'll be doing another one over the weekend, unpacking all the relevant stuff from NBA free agency once we know where Kawhi Leonard is going. Sunday sit-down will probably be delayed this week. Might do a Monday one with JLo again talking more about the NBA and, of course, our AFL fantasy sides. Good luck in round 16. Hopefully your side is playing for something much more meaningful than mine. Finals are nearly here, so make sure that you don't go butchering these last few trades and punting too many bench spots. You can probably afford to do that during the finals and getting 170k blokes who might not play, but I don't think it's wise to just do that yet. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, peace.